0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Believe in the You. I am your host, Paul Menendez, and this episode is presented by BetOnline.com, one of the premier betting websites to go to. It's a lot different from other betting websites. Um, by the way, they have a lot of great promotions. Get your first three casino deposits matched at 100% from $25 all the way up to $1,000. So that's quite a steal. And that's for first-time people who are using BetOnline.com. So go check those guys out. They do a phenomenal job. Now, it's been a very busy week for the Miami Hurricanes football program. They just had their first scrimmage done at Hard Rock Stadium. We'll get into that a little later. But also, the NFL Draft is coming up shortly, and was it a good idea for Gregory Rousseau to declare for the NFL Draft and sit out this past season? He's projected by Josh Young of CBS Sports to go into the second round, I believe, first pick in the second round exactly to the New York Giants. I mean, I highly doubt it's going to be that accurate, but hypothetically thinking if Gregory Rousseau slips to the second round of the NFL draft was it a good decision you think on his part to sit out this past season you got to remember you know there's not a lot of film on Gregory Rousseau there's also not a lot of film on Jalen Phillips as well but to counter that Jalen Phillips his most recent film was this past season Whereas Gregory Rousseau's most recent film was a one full season in 2019. Not even in 2020. So I'm curious. I would love to hear what you guys think regarding this situation. And I vividly remember Gregory Rousseau projected to go in the top 5, top 10, top 15. For sure, first round pick going into this NFL draft. And then he stated he was going to sit out. Hey, I wish him the best of luck. I hope he gets drafted in the first round. But I'm curious about everyone's thoughts because I ultimately think that now we are seeing some players, it's hurting their draft stock, sitting out a full year. You don't have a lot of film in Gregory Rousseau's case. You really only have one full season. Is that enough to get you in the first round? We'll find out. I think he's going to be a tremendous NFL player regardless. I just hope he didn't miss out on the opportunity to make a lot of money. Now, the counter to that conversation is Gregory Rousseau is avoiding injuries. He's still going to make a lot of money in this early second round. I don't know how much the difference is. I'm assuming it's it's a big difference. Not crazy amount, but I think he's missing out on a couple or three million if I have to make my educated guess, so... Hey, I'm curious how this is going to play out. I just ultimately think it's very interesting how Jalen Phillips now is looking like a for sure first round pick, top 15 pick, and Gregory Rousseau now is going potentially late first round, early second round. And the mock drafts could be completely wrong. Someone could say Gregory Rousseau, top 15, top 10 pick. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen on draft day, but... Hey, I'm very curious how this pans out and if other players in the future are going to follow the footsteps of sitting out an entire season. And by the way, one player who really hasn't gotten a lot of attention throughout this entire pro day combine or just training for the NFL draft, Quincy Roche, who had a tremendous pro day down um, in Coral Gables. He ran a 4.640, did 23 reps at 225 for the you know the bench press part of the combine. He's projected to go in the third round. He's very technically sound. I think he's going to end up and potentially become a veteran NFL player. I think he's going to have a very nice NFL career. So Miami could potentially have four players end up in the top three rounds. Brevin Jordan mocked at thir- third to fourth round. I think he's going to the Dallas Cowboys according to CBS Sports, um, as the 99th overall pick. And don't forget about Jose Bordegales as well, mocked at the fifth round, which is very impressive for a kicker. I'm extremely excited, you know, to see where these guys end up. And this kind of leads me to my next kind of conversation. And I know this is very controversial. I think it's divided is the more appropriate word instead of controversial. But, you know, Three out of the five players going into this NFL draft did come from the transfer portal. As a program, is it okay to continuously rely on players from the transfer portal? Now, remember Manny Diaz's first year. It was kind of, he landed some great players. You really have to evaluate players, in my opinion, for this to work out. He did land Jalen Phillips and Bubba Bolden, and they're contributing heavily to the program. But he swung and missed on players such as Tommy Kennedy, Awesome Martin, Tate Martell. Those were three football players who didn't contribute whatsoever to the program. I hate to say it, but they didn't. They took up space. So if Miami's going to continuously utilize the transfer portal, they need to really evaluate thoroughly and make sure and take their time that they're choosing the right player from the transfer portal, ultimately, if It's going to be the future of our program because obviously other programs such as Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, they're not as active in the transfer portal as other programs. Now, for example, Oklahoma, they seem to get a quarterback from the transfer portal every single season. I mean, you know, Spencer Rattler is really one they recruited. And I think he, I believe he was a five-star number one uh, quarterback in the nation or he was up there had to be top three or top five easily. But, you know, they've had their share of getting transfer quarterbacks to come in and have success. Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts. So, you know, it does work at program. So we'll see. We'll see if Manny Diaz, his vision, utilizing the transfer portal and his vision for the University of Miami football program does come true. Also, you know, how does this coaching staff develop their full recruiting class down at Miami? This is their first full recruiting class they recruited from day one all the way to the final day of National Signing Day. And what's going to be the identity of this recruiting class? Because every recruiting class I hear is going to be the change for the Miami Hurricanes football program. And that's not the players putting that title on themselves as a recruiting class that's on the fan base but that's a whole another topic so i just hope fans are patient and don't put high expectations on true freshman players because it is not normal to see true freshmen compete and contribute to winning football games year one at the power five level maybe at alabama because they get five-star recruits left and right but we're not alabama guys we are the university of miami and it's not 2001 Okay, so just don't set so much high expectations on these recruits when they first walk in. Let them breathe, let them get on campus, and if they redshirt, it's not the end of the world. Let's develop these recruits and not have them get weeded out, regressed, mentally low, and end up hitting the transfer portal. And then their whole college career, it gets messy from there, but some do rise and get better. The Storm Johnsons, your Arthur Browns. You know, there are plenty of examples of players who do well at other programs. By the way, guys, if you haven't been by Kanan um, Sunglasses, go check these guys out. They have some of the best sunglasses in the market. That's Kanan spelled K-E-A-E-N-O-N.com. They are polarized sunglasses um, designed minutes from the Pacific Ocean and made with the craftsmanship You can only find in Italy. So, hey, I think it's a great deal they're offering. Go check those guys out at canon.com. All right, guys, let's get into the second scrimmage of this spring. It's held at Hard Rock Stadium. Quarterback play was phenomenal. Tyler Van Dyke, 13 of 17, 190 passing yards, three TDs, zero interceptions. Guys, we finally have A true quarterbacks coach, offensive coordinator, and I I hope Brett Lashley can stay for more than two years. I'm assuming he's probably going to get a head coaching job soon, but this is what happens when you have actually a legitimate staff. You see development, something that's been missing at Miami for a very long time. Urban Meyer stated it best. Your backbone of the football program is your coaching staff. They literally hold the football program together. They develop the recruits that come in, the players inside of your program. Guys like Tyler Van Dyke, Jake Garcia, they will have great careers at Miami, and it will be due to having great coaches around them. I'm sorry, this is not Danny Enos, Coach John Richt leading the quarterbacks. Okay, This is actually a legit offensive coordinator that came from Auburn, competed in a national title as an OC at Auburn, Came from the Gus Malzahn coaching tree and knows how to develop quarterbacks. So we actually finally get our true offensive coordinator. I don't know what took so long to move to a spread offense, but I think that's a topic for a different show. And by the way, guys, do not be worried whatsoever. You know, hey, Paul, what do you think? Like after King leaves, if Tyler Van Dyke starts, will Garcia hit the transfer portal? He went to different high schools. I think it was like roughly four, which is a lot. But um, no, I don't. I don't think Jake Garcia will transfer out. I think Jake Garcia and his family are firm believers in Manny Diaz and this coaching staff. And they love the University of Miami. So I would be very confident Jake Garcia Garcia is here to stay. And I think he will be a future starting quarterback at the University of Miami. Whether his time comes before Tyler Van Dyke or after, I don't have that answer but I do know he will be the starting quarterback at one point in his career during his time at the University of Miami. Now, if there's a coaching change and a completely different new coaching staff comes in, I don't know. I mean, that's a different ballgame, but I don't think Jake Garcia is going to jump ship because of one redshirt year or followed by another year of not playing. I can guarantee you that. Let's move over to the wide receivers, guys. D. Wiggins, five receptions, 63 receiving yards. I know I stated in past shows on my YouTube channel regarding D. Wiggins, Mark Pope, a lot of fans are not happy with their development, their play. I think both of those guys had the skill set to compete at the Power 5 level. I think it's a mental issue. I'm glad to see D. Wiggins had five receptions. So we need him. We need one of those guys to step up. We need three wide receivers in the rotation to be our go-to playmakers. And if D. Wiggins can just add to that, It's just great for more depth. I know Coach Manny Diaz wanted to add six to eight guys to the wide receiver rotation that are contributing on the field. I think that'll be a stretch in my opinion, but let's see if his vision does come true. Now, Charleston Ramble did lead the wide receiver core with seven catches, 107 receiving yards, one TD. I think we found our deep ball threat, guys. That was a huge question mark this entire offseason. Who is going to be that deep ball threat? We did not have. Whatsoever. Charleston Rambo has been a shot in the arm, and he is going to be a huge addition for this program in ACC play. And you're going to see it on the field. We're going to connect for a lot of deep passes down the field, something we've been missing for quite a while in this offense, and something it's nice to incorporate in Rhett Lashley's offense because he gets handcuffed. If you don't have a deep ball threat, he cannot fully open up the playbook. Mike Harley, we know what we're going to get from him. He's a very consistent wide receiver. There's no reason to put him in a full scrimmage. That's why he got limited time. In my opinion, Mike Harley is going to lead this team in receptions and in receiving yards. He's going to be our number one wide receiver. We can He's our go-to guy. We can count on Mike Harley. Seems like Charleston Ramble, we're going to be able to count on him. Xavier Estrebo, can he take that third spot? I believe that slot role. Can you put him strictly on the inside are you going to put him on the outside? I, I, I'm i curious where Miami uses him. I think he will excel more this upcoming season on the inside. Will he step up that we saw in the first scrimmage? He did have a 30-yard catch um, in the second scrimmage, but will he step up during the regular season for that three spot, that third man in the wide receiver rotation? And then, like I stated earlier, if D. Wiggins is a compliment and Mark Pope is another compliment, that would be great. That'll be great to have five wide receivers cr- contributing to this offense. I think that will be an outstanding job, and it'll be a question mark that's that's been answered. One of the questions that's been answered on this team is wide receiver depth, and hopefully, it shows in the regular season. You know, there, there's no national champion. There's no off season national title trophy. Okay, none of that even matters. What the off has to hold. It matters during the regular season winning football games. So these are great stats that we're seeing, but it is a inner squad scrimmage ultimately. You know, Miami is playing themselves. They're not playing against a conference opponent, Clemson, Alabama. They are playing the Miami Hurricanes. So, hey, you know, it's exciting to hear these stat lines. But once again, man, take everything with a grain of salt. I'm not going to go too deep into offensive line. Manny Diaz stated they played very well. I think... I'm going to evaluate the offensive line when I actually see them play, which will be in the spring game. It's going to be on national television. That's kind of the first impression we'll get as fans, not these 10-second clips everyone gets excited about. I, I don't get why people get so excited over a drag route, a pass completed, Jake Garcia throwing a bomb to Michael Redding the third. I don't know. It's just one pass in spring football. I mean, like it's five seconds of a clip. I don't know what the excitement is about. We get more excited over spring football clips than the actual season. Wins and losses. But whatever. Different topic. Um, But offensive line, hey, I got to see it to believe it. And then I will uh, share my thoughts. So we'll see uh, for the uh, televised spring game that is coming up shortly. Also, running backs, guys. I thought it was very interesting Jalen Knighton was the leading rusher. He was rehabbing, you know, from basically a season ending injury that he had this past season. But I didn't expect him to be the leading rusher in this scrimmage. I thought Cam Harris would or Don Cheney would be the leading rushers, but hey, Cam Harris, eight carries, thirty nine rushing yards. I think it's great all running backs, you know, it's showing they're contributing to the offense. But, you know, I, I want to see one running back take the majority of carries. I, I do. I want to see one running back really take off from the pack and get 20 to 25 carries a game. I hate running backs getting carries evenly distributed, taking them out of drives when they're on a roll, you know, feed your running backs. You know, if they kept off a 90-yard drive and they set it up, you know, hey, let them finish the drive strong. Give them a touchdown. Um, Give them a carry in the end zone. So, it's kind of something I want to see. And I think Red Lashley, you know, he stated that in the press conference. He wants to stick to one running back to get the majority of carries. And I think that's how you create an affluent offense. And we average 34 points per game with our running backs really not running up to the Miami standard. At times throughout the season, I mean, I can resort to Clemson, North Carolina. We rushed for less than 30 rushing yards between all three of those running backs. And those are just a couple games mentioning i believe uva as well we couldn't get the ball rolling our leading rusher for most games was the king a lot of people say hey you know due to offensive line um not providing blocks and not creating holes but i want to see the second year of Rhett lashley's offense during your proper offseason you have spring practice you'll have your fall practice as well in august before your first game we averaged 34 points per game without seeing Rhett Lashley's first year as OC. Now a second year as full offensive coordinator. I'm hopeful our run game can get going. And I I do think we have a future NFL running back in the room. I think all three of them could play at the next level. It's getting developed, utilized in the right way. Jalen Knighton was watching film from guys like Adrian Peterson Ezekiel Elliott I don't think those are the proper running backs to watch film from that's just my opinion I don't think Ezekiel Elliott Adrian Peterson have the same skill set and measurements as Jalen Knighton but I wish him the best of luck in his Miami tenure and I really think highly of Jalen Knighton as well in this spread offense all right guys let's move over to the defensive side of the football cameron kitchens five tackles by the way a lot of people have been raving about his transition from high school to college it's been very swift um he's progressing tremendously well we're pretty stacked at safety so i'm curious how they're going to rotate or kind of distribute snaps amongst you know our safeties group who's going to be our starting safeties but i'll tell you what a guy like gervin hall better step up i'll be real Because the underclassmen, guys like Cameron Kitchens and Avante Williams, they're coming ready to play. And Manny Diaz did praise the secondary, but specifically underclassmen that they played tremendously well. I think that's a great sign. And maybe it's an early preview of what Travaris Robinson brings to the table as a defensive backs coach. And I truly think our secondary will be a lot better this upcoming season. He's overseeing the entire group. And in my opinion, I feel like our secondary at times, specifically cornerback play, has been subpar. I'm sorry, it has not been the Miami standard. Well, nothing in general as a whole has been the Miami standard. Standard. And hey, if these things don't get addressed, we'll find other people who will address it here at the University of Miami. And that's why we brought in Travis Robinson and paid him a lot of money um, to get back to our secondary playing, the Miami standard. By the way, guys, Avery Huff, six tackles. Pretty impressive. He's a lot of people have been raving about Avery Huff. I think it was a great move to put him back, uh, away from striker to inside linebacker. I think that's where his skill set is going to flourish, and I have him down um, potentially being one of our starters, probably midway through the season. I think Bradley Jennings is going to get a lot of playing time, Corey Flag as well. But I think Avery Huff is going to get some snaps and see a lot of playing time and eventually earn a starting role. His athleticism is elite. He comes from a great program in St. Thomas Aquinas Senior High School. He's coming in technically sound. He has a high football IQ. I think he's going to be a big contributor on the defensive side of the football. And shout out to Cam Williams. Four tackles. Actually deflected a pass as well. Defensive end, a lot of people as well have been raving about. Underclassmen. And we need him to step up, or anyone in general. Chance Williams, Javari Harvey, Zach McLeod, DeAndre Johnson. There's a big expectation set at defensive end from Manny Diaz's time at defensive coordinator, Jess Simpson as defensive line coach, and the two potential first-rounders we have going into the draft this year. So there's a big expectation at the defensive end position unit, at the line as a whole. And I think the past players have set a standard as to how the Miami Hurricanes should play and compete at the defensive line of position unit against any opponent. And that's basically it, guys. We covered a lot this episode. By the way, Tuesday I am recording a a show with one of the greatest Miami Hurricanes players to ever play the game of football. I hope you guys will tune in. I will be uh, putting it out the recording or preview everywhere on social media facebook but please stay tuned to tuesday's show um one of my favorite players to ever play at the university of miami and i think you guys will really enjoy who the guest is and the only other hint i can give you is that he was a damn good nfl veteran player as well so hey those are two hints Uh, i think you guys will be very pleased with the guest I have on next week's show. In the meantime, though, guys, head on over to canon.com. Go get yourself a pair of sunglasses. It's beautiful weather down in Miami. Well, not today when I recorded. It was pouring rain. But go get some polarized sunglasses of your choice. And lastly, go to betonline.com, guys. You know, spend some money. They are matching um, up to a thousand dollars of your deposits or minimum twenty-five dollars. I hope everyone enjoyed this show. Once again, it was presented by Bet Online. Go check those guys out. And I hope everyone has a great rest of their day and always all about the you. Go Canes, guys. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V.